0: Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers, Queers and in cults! Oh my, God. my name is Emerson, my pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony, my pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, Patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it happening? Is it, is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? like went to Olive Garden and it was me my mom my sister my brother and I came out of Olive Garden that's the fucking gayest thing I've ever (laughs) heard I know I don't understand how this radio thing works like is it I don't know (laughs) absolutely not Welcome to it's our turn. Co- queers and cults. cults. That was beautiful. Thank you. I love it. Mm. Thank you. My name is Aid. My pronouns are they, them.
1: My name is Annalise. My pronouns are she, her, they. You know, depends on the day, yeah, yeah. In the moment,
0: the yeah, the weather.
1: It's fluid, yeah. Absolutely. The weather, yeah. You know what? I actually just finished a book. Um, if you've never, have you ever heard Neil Shusterman No. Oh my god, he's my hero. So he writes. I'm a I'm a middle school librarian. Of yes. course. So I read a lot of YA and we love <laughs> YA. We love, we love YA. it so much. Absolutely. Schusterman writes a lot of like sci-fi dystopia, um, YA fiction. Amazing. Okay. So I need to read these. So good. There's a series called Scythe. Um, and in the third book, like toward the end, there is um, oh, my foot's on your cord. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh in the third book of the series, the final book of the series, there is a character that is um non-binary and they decide like they feel what their gender is they're a a a ship captain they they feel what their gender is depending on like how they can see the sky like if it's cloudy they feel masculine if it's sunny they feel feminine and i'm just like yes we love this me too
0: i think you told me about this character because i um recently am making a um I'm making some new D&D characters and I thought about yes. and one of the D&D characters I want to make is a storm sorcerer and that's what they would be that their gender would be determined by the weather. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mine's dependent on um how much sleep I got. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mine depends on um I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do out. I feel like
1: doing lipstick today? No. Well, actually, you know what? I'll wear lipstick on a gender-neutral day. Absolutely, totally. Shit. Makeup is not gendered. Yeah. yeah,
0: there are. I kind of vacillate between, like, feeling more masculine mm-hmm. and feeling more, you know, just like neutral. Um, uh, I don't. I I don't think I'm quite ready to like do the he they pronouns yet. Yeah. Um, I definitely prefer they them. I definitely like they them is it for right now. Yeah. But like, there are days where I'm like, yeah, I've like. But also then, (laughs) (laughs) but then also then it goes into like, like that, that, that trait, that, that like behavior or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, like what is masculine? What does that mean? You know, like I understand that we have coined, like I say on here that like we use terms like masculine and feminine because we understand that society has, has labeled a certain type of behavior, not because masculine and masculine and femininity are you know, as far as as far as behavior patterns yeah. types are not really a thing. You know, it's so, yeah. gender socially constructed. We understand that. Yeah. But, yeah, so it kind of just gets into that whole like, oh, I'm feeling more masculine today. But then, what is masculinity? And am I actually feeling masculine, or is it just? Am I just feeling how I am? And then people say that's you know.
1: Yeah, I feel masculine when I'm like. <laughs> I have a lot of toxic masculinity. You've heard me say this. Mm. Um, I feel masculine when I'm like in my like defensive mode or like my mm. aggressive mode. I'll yeah. be like mask on, mask off.
0: Yeah, literally. I'm the man now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mask a mask mask on. You know, yep. <laughs> I mm-hmm. put my mask exactly. mask on.
1: <laughs> so, other than um, the beautiful uh, fluidity of gender, what are we talking about today?
0: So, while well, we are, t- I was. Oh boy, I've been going. <sighs> <laughs> um, uh, I've been going back and forth about this because there's been two two things that have been kind of really bothering me. okay and it's gonna be difficult for me to talk to them without talk about them without it being incredibly obvious. Who and what I'm talking about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so
1: sunglasses on. Here exactly. comes the shade.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, the people I'm going to talk about don't listen to this fucking podcast, so no. I'm and I'm not worried about offending them or being rude. I'm just also like, we live in a small town, and I'm not like,
1: sweetheart. We talk about our parents on this podcast, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what,
0: but it's it, it, yeah, yeah. I, whenever I'm hesitant about talking about something, I'm never concerned about being. Rude or offensive yeah. to that person, I'm more like, I don't want to have to deal with the drama if someone finds out about it and it's like tippity tap, de, tippity tap, because I don't care, so yeah. I don't want to have to deal with it. Then you only know?
1: say the shit that you'd say to their face. That's oh, well, then uh, anything, gloves, off. anything,
0: and every well, that Let's actually go. opens up for more. Perfect, yeah,
1: <laughs> welcome to the show,
0: exactly. Um, so. Wow, my mic is really loud. This mic is louder than I thought it was. Okay, let's. Or blame the I'm mic. louder than yeah. I <laughs> thought I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll blame the technology.
0: Also, I'm used to like a, a an omnidirectional. is that what it's called? Where it's just one direction. Mm-hmm. I'm used to. So I'm tr- I'm like having to get. Re- I think I have to get really close. But this is a multi-directional. So yeah, it, no, you can just it, go. I just all move around. Can, everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I I went to um. Uh, community engagement and de-escalation training this week. Um, okay, rage side exactly. Which fundamentally, great training. I think everyone, everyone should have it. Should it, I think it should be in school? Like I think that like like learning how to manage your emotions and how to um, how to re, how to uh, um, be. I don't like the word like in control, but like, but like how to appropriately react to certain environments, how mm-hmm. to not react to certain environments. Um, like de-escalation training is to me invaluable. Totally. Um, you know, when someone gets in your face and they're angri- angry and they're screaming, you wanna learn good de-escalation training? Work at fucking Starbucks for oh, a couple months.
1: Listen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, as someone who worked there for yeah. umpteenth years, yeah, like the only de-escalation skills I have are because I had to deal with um, ordinary people i find it much easier now to work with school children than than full-grown adults ordering their coffee oh my god but yeah it's still but i still take those same skills a lot where i'm like kids are you know what i was gonna say kids are more irrational that's not true it's not kids are more rational because they are still learning you never stop learning as an adult you would hope people have Um, a little bit more control. And if you need to take, like, a community class in order to do that, please do. Like, please be aware that you need to learn, learning our emotions, learning to control our emotions, how we react to situations. That is an ongoing thing, especially as, like, our our political correctness and our our tolerance of other people changes and grows and we're constantly met with new challenges. Mm -hmm. Like, learn how to manage your feelings, your biases, your um, un- unconscious prejudices like we all have them
0: everyone has them yeah there's no such thing as someone being unbiased and there's no shame in that and there's yeah we all have bias yeah it's
1: just lizard brain shit
0: yeah that's that's just how it is like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a good or bad thing it 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 just is like how our brains function you have bias and a bias to me is like a like it can be as fundamental as like well, I think that's lavender. Well, I think it's purple. Yeah. Well, like you're, you know, you have a bias. I, I because don't someone, see color. I, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Don't, we that's, all do. Don't say, we don't all say do. shit like don't that. Don't say shit don't like that. Don't pretend it's not there. Don't yeah. pretend it's not a problem. Like be woke enough. That's a dangerous word. But be hmm, aware enough to understand that bias is natural. It is part of life and how to cope with how you handle those situations, totally. how you cope with those emotions. So what was... So you did this for work, you said.
0: Yeah. So it was a it was a work. Um, it was it was open to the public and that you anyone could sign up, but like my work was like, let's go to this. Okay. Um, and again, fundamentally, the information really good. Um, really, it, it, it wasn't anything I didn't already know because for two reasons one I've just I've had this training before in different ways and I was a hair and well three one I've had Mm -hmm. this training before two Mm -hmm. I was a hairstylist for 15 years you get it we learned it um and three I'm queer so like de-escalation and um de-escalation is just something that all queer people oh and four I grew up uh in a cult and had an abusive father oh yeah I learned how to de-escalate things from day one so
1: uh queer religious cult hairstylist Survival mechanism. Yep. is
0: de-escalation. De-escalation is mm-hmm. a survival mechanism, and vice versa. Survival, you know, yeah. like de-escalation is survival. Survival is de-escalation. Yeah. But it's
1: really important for people who maybe don't deal with those kinds of things to have
0: exposition yeah, to
1: de-escalation because it's like, okay, you're not going to be attacked on site for who you are.
0: Yes, exactly. If yeah, you're, in yeah, this community. Totally. If you're not, it's so then so so it's good information to have, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed absorbing that, being reminded of those some of the tactics and stuff like that. And, um, and uh, yeah, so, so that I was grateful for my job sending us there. I was grateful for that opportunity. But <laughs> the, the, the training was being run by, um, uh, um, a police officer. Okay. Who thought very highly of himself <laughs> and, um, said that, you know, referred to him as kind of like, himself as, like, an expert because he's been doing this for five years. Um, he's been teaching these things for five years. Or he's been, like, whatever. Whatever his position was. He been doing it for five years. So he's, like, an expert. You know what's funny? Things. is
1: a lot of people who call themselves experts are not and then a lot of people who are experts on something don't tout it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, unless you've done... I don't know. Unless you, like, literally have a doctorate in a subject, like, you don't really get off calling yourself an expert.
0: And most people who actually are or could be considered experts on a subject Mm -hmm. don't want to or won't refer to themselves as an expert because if you have learned so much about a subject it's mostly because you understand the concept that you've never stopped learning
1: yes exactly
0: and so i the the barb when when i got my barber's license back in fucking 2002
1: Oh, the good old days. That's oh, yes. when I
0: graduated high school and got my barber's license 22 years, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Take um, those two years off.
0: Give yourself credit. Yeah, exactly. We are beautiful. Uh, but the the barber that I started working for mm-hmm. had been doing it for 50 years. At, and he started when he was 18. So it that's, was kind so of So that's
1: like, an expert. You've been yeah. doing it your whole life. And
0: you know what he said is that yeah. if you ever feel like you don't have any, like, whenever you feel like you don't have anything to learn, that's when, like, you have you're, you're, like, what did he say? Like, you never stop learning. He goes, I learn something every day. And if you ever don't feel like you have something to learn, that's basically when you're bad at your job. Yeah, <laughs> you know? or, you're, or you're just done. You're just done. No. Like, that's not... you, you Like you're you no always longer. have He's been doing it for 50 years, and he still had something, you know, wanted to learn something every single day, had something to learn every day. Yeah. So if you... So most people... If someone is calling themselves an, as an expert, there's like a 90% chance they don't know... They know They're very little hobbyist. about the subject. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, so this police officer... Believed that he was an okay. expert in de-escalation after five
0: years, five to six years. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. long. enough. not long at all. Um, okay. And so he and so it was technically being led by a police officer and then um, a licensed marriage family therapist. Okay, the police, I listened
1: to that person as the expert. So
0: I yeah, I, I gave they you know they sent out a, a survey, mm. and <laughs> I they said, would you be interested in an advanced de-escalation? um uh training and i said i would be interested i said i might be interested if it was taught by you know the licensed manager. you know not giving names that the so-and-so who was the lmft not the cop i said i am not interested in attending anything that so-and-so the police officer teaches
1: see now immediately when you had said that this was taught by a police officer i became aware of a bias that I have, which is frankly totally, against police officers. Not just because of all the things that have happened in recent years. We are very aware of things that happen um, in in the media at yeah. all people of color who are constantly attacked. People of queer. Descent that descent? Yeah, sure. Yes, that absolutely. Are, uh, it's hereditary. Yeah. yeah, it's hereditary.
0: <laughs> I'm descended from. I Pierce. have the
1: gay gene. And um, Jesus
0: was gay, and that's where we all came from.
1: Well, listen, <laughs> he, he hung out with whores, and what's gayer than and, that?
0: Well, he was polyamorous with twelve partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all know that. Out,
1: you know, hang out with twelve dudes, and that like, think about
0: it. You don't hang out with twelve dudes, n- dudes, dudes nonstop.
1: I hang out with twelve dudes. told oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 12 dudes! Twelve dudes who do dudes. Um, you don't hang out with twelve dudes nonstop and say things like "rested his chest on his bosom" mm. because you're just acquaintances.
1: You have to say "no homo" first.
0: Yeah, no, and homo. then you're good, and yeah. then you can do whatever the you know.
1: But but so a bias I have against police, not just because of like all the things that have happened in recent years, but when I was growing up, my parents had a very very. Difficult divorce that often involved a lot of mm. public fighting. So I, I learned from a very young age when police are present, things are bad. Bad. And never in my personal experience, this is this is something I've noticed. Whenever it gets to a point that a police officer shows up, usually the situation doesn't get better. It doesn't.
0: Totally. It just yeah.
1: reaches a new level of not Great. Yeah. And there have been a lot of times like when I've been working in customer service or, you know, when I was managing a salon, there were times that like I got to a point where I was like, OK, I can't handle this situation. I do need to reach out to the authorities. I need to call a police officer on this person because I need I need someone who has um, greater intimidation than me. I need someone that's got like yeah. the badge and the and the gun on their belt because I'm not making it clear to this person in my little skirt and heels That, like, this is not okay behavior. In those situations, when police have showed up, it's like, yes, that does, that can assist me in the moment. But then it's also creating a new problem of, now I've gotten the law involved, I've got to give a statement, I've got to take all this time away and focus on this. Um, But more often than not, like, when I was growing up and it was a, a domestic violence situation or, like, you know, a fight between my parents, it was like, okay, this is about to get... Really bad. So yeah. now I've carried that into my adult life, where when I do see a police officer, I automatically get nervous. Oh, I, I get do too. Terrifying. I get anxiety. So to be taught de-escalation by, by that police per- officer would be an incredible. I, I bet that was incredibly yeah. triggering. It was
0: very triggering for me, also because I I immediately knew this person was definitely a narcissist. And, mm. and I can, I can, you know, like uh, we uh, have
1: experience. We da- can call it.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Like in uh, uh, Seal Magnolia's, when Dolly Parton says she can spot a bottle blonde from a mile away, a
1: p- <laughs> we can spot narcissists. I can, spo- <laughs> I can, I can s-
0: feel a narcissist. I can smell a narcissist. Yeah. Do you know, and
1: that's a term. Narcissism is a term that gets, um, like, thrown a, around, around a, a lot, lot. Yeah. a lot. But when you come from it, you grow up with it. I don't, I don't spot a narcissist necessarily by how they're acting, but how I'm reacting. Yes. That's that's my yes. cue. Is it's like okay, I'm I'm putting on all these defenses. I'm changing my behavior. I'm altering myself. I am in the presence of a narcissist.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. and that is a really good point because, f- from an outside perspective, just observing this person without those insights or that mm-hmm. that trauma, that past, this person looked really respectful. They looked yep. like they were presenting information well. They they um they appeared to be someone who like non-stereotypical, you know, like mm-hmm. especially like they didn't seem to be like a that they weren't like when when I say narcissist or a lot of times I think when narcissist is being said people think it's this like hey listen all you shitheads I'm such an amazing person and here's mm-hmm. why. No, that's an asshole. Exactly. And there is a difference
1: between a narcissist and an asshole. Exactly. And usually when you're in the presence of a narcissist, you feel very charmed.
0: And they, yeah, this yeah. person was charismatic. Mm. They were engaging. They were, you know, they were obviously well at, they did well at presenting things. Like, mm-hmm. they were good, good like, communicators. Good communicator. Taylor
1: was a narcissist. That's why so yeah. many people followed him. Exactly.
0: Like, yeah. it, like, if it, if you think you're in the presence of a narcissist and he's and they're awful, he's probably just an a- probably asshole. Probably just an asshole. You know? Yeah. But if you're like, this person, if you're leaving going... I, I feel a little gross, but that person was really lovely. Mm. Narcissist. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: oh, the dates I've been on, walking out with that yep. feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. I
0: feel like I don't like this, but I don't know why because they just seemed so nice. They seem so charming, mm-hmm. but I feel
1: bad about myself. Exactly, and that—that yes. that is that narcissist taking mm. their supply from you, and you feel yep. you feel drained. So I can't imagine what it was like having to sit in a, a seminar where this you know, <clears throat> person is talking to you for so long.
0: I would have walked out in the first fifteen minutes if, if it wasn't a work thing. And uh, and to be clear. If I did walk out because I was being triggered, my work would have 100% supported me. That's amazing. Work wasn't the issue. Yeah. It was my, like, I'm here for work, so I feel like I have to stay. I also
1: imagine there was a certain level of, um, and maybe this is just me, I would have a certain level of morbid curiosity. Of like, okay, these are all the signals I'm picking up on. The topic is de-escalation.
0: What What are you going to say? What do you (laughs)
1: de-escalate in a day, officer? I'm curious to see what biases you are bringing. Oh, and honestly,
0: yes, that was exactly, I was like, so what, I want to know what, because in my experience Mm -hmm. and in in my observation, people need de-escalation techniques for Police officers most of the time because so many times police officers escalate the situation. So the irony of a police officer talking about de-escalation, I was like, yeah, this, yes.
1: Ideally, that would be an important facet of your job.
0: Precisely. Does
1: that happen or is that exactly why we're uh, looting and protesting and getting angry?
0: Here's my like, like overall, like kind of like a, I think this was more about perception than it was about as- like I think it it felt more like a hey let's put on this de-escalation training that's being done by a cop so that people can see that cops actually are real like look at all that we're doing look it's at very all political the political moves yeah that's okay. how I felt because it was very much it was very much a uh, um, cops have to do this all the time cops have to do this all the time he he talked about how um how he talked about how uh The uh, like the houseless population, Mm -hmm. um, like respects them because they get to know them so well, and they like talk to them and they tell them their deepest darkest secrets and they confide in them and they like basically have like a relationship and a friendship. Okay, well by that
1: by that standard, Betty Chin's a cop. Exactly. So,
0: and it it was like, well, they were saying basically that cops do a lot of the hard work because they see these people all of the time.
1: Well, yeah, you are also a member of the community.
0: And, and like, I, and I was like, okay, but why are you seeing these people all the time? Because you're. Moving them out of the out of their their home that they made, like Mm -hmm. like, are you seeing this person every single night because you're like, oh, you gotta move, where they gotta sleep, where they can't can't do that here. Like, yeah, they know you by name because you see them every single day because you're fucking making their life miserable instead of solving the problem, which is society.
1: And see, when I was working as a barista, that was constantly something that I had to do too. I saw the same houseless people every day. As someone, I. A period, I was a teenage runaway. I've spent multiple periods of my life homeless. And in those times, you know, I had to, I, that also gave me a fear of police officers because I'd see some lights flashing when I was sleeping behind a dumpster and I'd be yeah. like, oh, time to run. Time to go. Yep. yep. Time to get out of here. Um, But even when I was a barista, I would see these people every day. I mean, there was a certain part of my job that I constantly dropped. Like we were encouraged um, working at Starbucks. It's like, hey, if there's someone that's, they didn't say that it was a houseless person. But it was very much implied, mm-hmm. and it was that, you know, if you see someone, they say loitering for an extended period of time without purchase, you know, encourage them to move on, which was um, corporate speak for kick out the homeless.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And <laughs> straight up, I would never do it. No, I never did it. That. I would go back. I'd see someone sleeping. I'd be like, you need somewhere warm to sleep. Yeah, do it. Can absolutely. I get you a cup of water so you, you look busy? I yeah. got you. Yeah. Like, I would do that all the time because I found that if you just... <laughs> I'm sure this is something you're going to mention that didn't come up. If you just treat someone like a human being, you're not going to have a problem. No. We all just want mutual respect and visibility. That is what we want, is we want to be visible to other people, regardless of our background, and be respected for that. Even if we have differences. Like, see that I'm a human, having my own human experience, and even if it's not your flavor, it's not your cup of tea, let me be. Just yeah, let me be. If I'm exactly. not causing active harm to you, and someone sleeping on a bench or under a bridge is not causing harm. If anything, they're putting themselves at risk.
0: Yeah, totally. That's the
1: thing. People don't realize like how dangerous it is to be without a home.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And uh, and uh, oh, fuck, all my thoughts left my left my head. Like literally (laughs) immediately there were so many of them that i was like what do i want to say first and then by the time i got to the end they were all gone
1: thought train has left the station it has
0: absolutely left but well good um, thing
1: we're not recording and we're just having a casual conversation
0: (laughs) are we recording fuck i did i did (laughs) i am recording right i did do that (laughs) now i now i'm paranoid yes i did okay
1: Okay, great (laughs) Great. But, you will in fact be able to listen to this episode later. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> okay, so at this they are talking about de-escalation. They bring up the homeless population. What did they what did they say? They said they they knew the members of this community. Yeah. How did de-escalation come into that conversation? Because right now it sounds like he was like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm chill with everybody.
0: See, and that was the thing that was one of the one of the first things that bothered me was that everything um um everything what like what they were saying sounded great they were talking about mental health issues and they were talking about how mental health issues contribute to you know addiction and drug use and and Mm -hmm. what and how how drug use the symptoms of drug use and the symptoms of mental health overlap significantly and you don't side note
1: um, very important note to have here addiction is a mental illness yes exactly it is it not only it not only goes hand in hand as a comorbidity but it is, yeah. a mental illness.
0: Yeah, and 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 it, it absolutely is. And they were talking about how to, you know, just we don't like that's the challenge with this. We don't know if it's being caused by a mental illness or being caused by a you know substance abuse. And I'm <laughs> like, what's the challenge? Like, that's not
1: someone has a physical disability. Yeah, they cannot create their own neurotransmitters, and they probably can't afford the store bought ones because we are severely lacking in yep. mental medical health care because mental health is physical health yeah.
0: and it's all it's all it's all the same it's all wrapped uh-huh. up you know not the same but it's all wrapped up mm-hmm. Beca- but they kept talking about this and I'm like okay this would be a really good precursor into here's all the services that are in Humboldt County Wait, that they didn't, didn't happen do that? no no they didn't what? talk about in fact that was one of the like
1: well cuz i guess other than Betty Chin, what are you going to say there's very well there's
0: one there's resources. very little but it was like that wasn't the point of this thing the point was how to de-escalate interactions I'm already mad yeah exactly I was like this is pointless how
1: long was this that you just two hours oh my god we've been talking we've been here what five ten minutes yeah Oh, we've,
0: we've no we've been here for half an hour and a- at this point I already wanted to like in this amount of time that we've been talking at that thing I already wanted to walk out twice
1: I'm about to walk out and this yeah, is our show
0: <laughs> 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 I know so it, you know so it was one of those where they established the foundation of that that um, almost all need for de-escalation is because of mental illness or substance abuse or the houseless population. Like that was the foundation that they established. No. No. In fact, that's that's actually probably very little. If you ask anybody that deals with the um the general population, the community at large, they yeah. can tell you that it's in quite actually the opposite.
1: Well, what about all the kinds of situations where, like, I imagine, you know, hypothetical situation. My car gets broken into. I'm hysterical. I call a police officer to file a report. I am freaking out. I can't keep calm. I can't give my statement. I would hope that a police officer would be rational enough to help me, like, de-escalate my emotions in that moment and work exactly. with me. There's a moment of it um, if you have to walk into a DV situation. How are you how are you gonna de escalate that moment? Or if you've got, you know, a drunk college kid on the street yep. being raqueous in the middle of the night, how are you gonna de escalate that situation? Like, there, boom. There's ask, three scenarios right there.
0: Ask someone at, uh, as someone in any type of service industry, Ugh. a hairstylist, a uh, someone who A waitress. A, waitress, a barista, a barista mm-hmm. Ask them what percentage of their de escalation is houseless people.
1: As someone who works in a school, the amount of times I have to de-escalate not only children or or kids who or are their parents. sped, yeah. Or, oh, the parents far more often.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah. Because it's not so it, it was once again it was like establishing that narrative. Okay. Um that most of a and then establishing that narrative by talk, by giving information. So like that like You
1: used air quotes.
0: Exact giving the like giving information like he, like the, the reason I did air quotes cuz it was like let's Show how, like sensitive we are to these issues by giving you all of these things that we've learned. So we're not blaming them for the problems. We're we're educating you on the houses community and how bad it actually is. It was that very much that narrative. So never you know never once saying the problem is the houses population, but basically saying every single example that you're giving for for de escalation is. A houseless person.
1: What are you doing to help? What are you doing to help? You really want to de-escalate? I'm going to go on a tirade for a second. You really want to de-escalate the houseless population in this era? Why is rent so high? Yeah. We're in rural Northern California. This is still... uh, and I say rural because this is the smallest place I've personally ever lived. I've lived in Madison. I've spent time in New York, Chicago. I lived in Austin, Texas for a while. This is the smallest place I've ever lived. I am paying the kind of rent prices here the kind of prices for groceries and services that I paid in a city with 3 million people. That's ridiculous. That is
0: absolutely outrageous. That's
1: absurd. So, of course, there's a high houseless population here because there's very little infrastructure for health care at all, for addiction intervention, for mental health care, psychology, psychiatry. And then on top of all of that, not only do you not have the the resources to that, to actually like take care of the things you need to be to be a functioning person if you do deal with mental health or physical health issues but then you're also trying to work in in an area and don't get me wrong i love humboldt but there's only a few things you can really do here yeah. to make money you can work in medicine you can work in education because we have cal poly we have you know all the school systems we have if charter schools you,
0: you if can in theory yeah but the, it's so the market's so oversaturated that Even Mm -hmm. if you're qualified, you can't get a job. But in theory, those are the things that you can do to survive. You can do
1: medicine, you can do education, or you can work in the service industry. That's That's what we've got. That's it. That's all we've got. The last one, mostly minimum wage. You cannot make minimum wage, even though California has the highest minimum wage in the country. You cannot... Pay the kind of bills that you need to pay between your rent, your PG&E, internet. Internet is a is a necessity now. I consider yeah. internet a it's utility. Yep. Yeah, you have to have it. Plus, all your other things. <laughs> you have got to eat. You got to get your phone bill paid. Like all these things, you need to survive. You yep. can't do that no. on minimum wage. Do you, you know, know
0: that in t- I was a hair stylist for fifteen years, and in two thousand seventeen ish, that 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 time two thousand give or take a year or two, I raised my base haircut price to twenty five dollars and lost. A ton of clients because that was too much. Twenty
1: five dollars. Twenty
0: five dollars. Okay,
1: as someone who (laughs) worked in a salon, this was five
0: years ago, five to six years ago. Twenty five dollars. When I
1: worked in Austin, like yeah, around that same time, working in Austin, our minimum price for a haircut was forty five. Yeah, minimum, and And they were far less qualified than you. Bless those girls, but they were.
0: Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, this. (laughs) Yeah, forty five
1: to eighty five was our range for salon salon services.
0: This day average base. Even now, average um, minimum price for average base haircut price is 35 still.
1: Oh, my God. But so people are spending all this time going to cosmetology school, putting in all their time, all their hours, all, the, all this education, and being so severely underpaid. So, heck, yeah, buddy. I'm like, dude, the things I deal with with my renting situation, and I'm fortunate enough to have a home and, like, great roommates and everything. Like, dude, sometimes I'm just like, why not be houseless?
0: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. Because <laughs> absolutely. I don't want to
1: deal with the cots, frankly.
0: I know. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, and and, and another, uh, to further give an example of, like, the underlying narrative that they were, like, encouraging, on, you know, it's a slideshow, and on one of the slides where they were giving facts about <clears throat> um, uh, uh, the symptoms of, like, addiction and how close they are to mental um, illness, there was a picture of what I presume to have been like a cleanup or something, like someone like like a, like a like a um, cleaning up, um, like a houseless site, like a ten city. But it was just this, like, you know, a ton of needles and trash and all this kind of stuff. That I'm like, that looks like like if you think about that picture, yeah. it wasn't left like that. People were c- gathering it, and then took a picture of it, yeah. probably to, to prove just, their agenda. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. picture probably like assuming best intentions was probably just a picture of like a representation of what it was like. Yeah. And then they're using it in the slide. Right. There, this picture is right next to all of these like like um, facts given about mental a drug, you know, a, um, a drug use, a, a substance abuse in a sympathetic way. But then that picture. So the subliminal message is, look how bad this is and what it's doing to our community oh while in the same time fucking gaslighting. Yeah. It was gaslighting. And
1: that's a complete repeat of history because think back to you know, think back to the civil rights era when we're still coping with segregation but then we have like church lady groups being like, oh let's help the starving children in Africa.
0: Yeah, You know that kind yeah. of thing
1: and you're seeing, you know, one one picture of a, of a village. It's like, first of all, that's not what the majority of yeah. Africa looks like. And the people that choose to live that way have a very strong community wherein they are supporting each other. Yeah. Like, your your pious pity yep. does not help. And especially if you're creating that same kind of subliminal narrative of, like, well, they have a problem, so... It's like, no, you're creating the problem with your narrative. Yes. And if I'm going to be put in this box as someone that's coping with addiction or coping with being houseless... Dude, why not live up to the picture you've already painted of me? Yeah. Like, why give a damn? Why try?
0: That is like a we could do an entire topic of like, why am I trying so hard? You know, like like <laughs> Next oh week. you wanna you want <laughs> ma- you think I'm the villain? Okay. I'll be the villain. I'll prove you right. Let me be the villain. You got like, it. Like uh, I'll I will absolutely be the villain, but the That's
1: so messed up though that it that's was, the the narrative that they're creating. That
0: was the narrative they were creating. They were also just giving in I don't know if I wrote in down any of the incorrect specific incorrect facts. I took two sets of notes. I took notes on the thing on the. Um, come on, what's going on?
1: Your notes you can share with others, and your notes that are your like rage thoughts.
0: I took notes. Um, my the two sets of notes. One is called deescalation. The other one is problems with deescalation. <laughs> Please read me the problems list. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't write down. Um, like, the, as far as like mental illness or. A sp- or the uh substance abuse like fact. But I remember like going the amount of times I leaned over to my coworker and I was like, that's just not true. That's just not true. Yeah. Like that that's just not true. So one of the things they talked about is um uh um autism, someone being on the spectrum.
1: Oh dear. Um,
0: because and it's one of those it's like it's one of those where I'm like, Yes, what you're saying is accurate. Mm-hmm but not applicable. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying is right. Yes, de escalation is a huge part. In, I worked with kids with autism for almost three years. Yeah.
1: Um, I grew up pretty much around people that my dad was a, a doctor for kids with special needs, pediatrician yeah. for special needs. I grew up around more people on the autism spectrum than I did people who were quote unquote neurotypical.
0: Yeah. You know to- what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah.
1: and am better for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> seriously, hold, hold if everyone was that honest and yep. direct, what a world we Honestly. would live in. <laughs>
0: yeah. I worked as a behavioral aide for three years with kids on the um, spectrum. And, and the company that I worked for was the – pardon me – was the company that parents went to when all the other ones rejected them because their, cause their kids were uh, – quote unquote, too difficult to handle. Oh, so good. all these other programs.
1: Imagine being a parent and hearing that. And it's like, yeah, I got to deal with that every day. And you're like, going to leave me out here alone?
0: What's the what's the what's one of the main ones in this area? I can't remember what one of the main companies in this area that work. Like Changing Tights. So our mm-hmm. company would get clients that Changing Tights refused because they couldn't deal with them. It was like you and I'm like, where the fuck are they supposed to go? Yeah, like this is what you do. This is what your company does. Yeah, so uh, I worked in de-escalation was the main thing you mm-hmm. did. Learning how to, you know, how to um, transfer them out of that. You know, like how to how to sit with it, how to let them express themselves, how to trans, you know, transfer them away from other people so that they didn't inadvertently hurt people or hurt themselves. Like mm-hmm. like calming them soothing them create an environment where they could calm down like mm-hmm. all of those things like all of those things were were you know mm. techniques and
1: everyone could benefit from that too do you know how many yeah. times in a day you know what a temple grandin machine is what temple grandin uh-uh. temple grandin was an inventor um who is autistic and she created this machine um for milking cows that oh, wow. to keep them to keep them calm while yeah. they were being milked, it was like this machine that would squeeze them. And she found out when she got agitated, when she was having like a particularly, I don't know how she would say it, but an autistic moment, if mm-hmm. you will. When she was squeezed and compressed, it would calm her down. So yeah. she created a machine that did that for the cows. Wow,
0: that's cool. And we
1: still use it today.
0: That's amazing.
1: It is phenomenal. And yeah. <laughs> I think of how many days I want that. I just, I, I'm the same way when I, when I start to have like an episode with my PTSD, I'm like, someone squeeze me, like just compress me, calm me down. Like, like
0: it, uh, well weighted blankets though, I guess that weighted blankets. help Same a concept. Lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't like being squeezed. That actually stresses me out. But mm-hmm. like, I like having weight on my chest. Exactly. So, so I have to be able to not be, cause I'm claustrophobic. So I can't be claustrophobic, yeah. but I need the weight. Yeah. But the, so, and this, this, this person, this, this, Officer leading this has has a kid on the spectrum, and referred to himself as an expert.
1: No, that's two things for you, bud. Refer nope.
0: to himself as an expert on autism because he has a child on no, the spectrum.
1: No, can I just say, again, working in education, some of the people who are most malinformed, most yeah, are uh, the parents, most ignorant are the parents. Mm-hmm. 80% no.
0: of the problem, 80% of the challenge working with kids on the spectrum is their parents because they won't allow the people who are trained to do their jobs to do their jobs. Yeah, um, And in fact, they, all the time we would spend with them, the parent would then undo it throughout the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that doesn't make you an expert. No. And then one of the facts they gave about um, people on the spectrum is that, and, and I quote, um, boys are four times more likely to be on the spectrum than girls. Incorrect. Which is just inaccurate.
1: They are more likely to be diagnosed.
0: They're more likely to be diagnosed, bi- yes. But they're not, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's the opposite, that mm-hmm. that girls, it's either equal or or, or uh, uh, girls are more likely to be on the spectrum but less likely to be diagnosed until much later in life.
1: And that even happens with, um like, any, anything on the autism spectrum, like Asperger's or yeah. ADHD, ADD, like, those things are far less likely to be diagnosed in women. Yeah. Or, or female people.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
1: That, uh, what a yeah. crap fact. <laughs> and so
0: I'm like, you call yourself an expert, but you can't even get a fundamental, like obvious, again. Your
1: statistics are completely misinformed?
0: Again, agenda. This was about agenda, not education. I could, it was just so obvious to me.
1: And they blame us queers for pushing our agenda. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, nope. It was nope, just,
0: nope, nope. it was, I, I think that might have been, oh yeah, no, that wasn't the thing I outwardly laughed at. Um, I did do a lot of like eyebrow races and like. How could you not? Like that kind of, like, what yeah. is that, what, the If the I thing was I going saw,
1: to see a farcical show, I too would react. <laughs>
0: Is this the comedy? Did I miss? Am I being pumped right now? Oh my god! <laughs> is this
1: like is this like a social experiment thing yeah. we're doing right now? Like, where are the are cameras?
0: You... Where are the cameras? Hi, yeah. hi, mom. <laughs> no, yeah, it was just outrageous. And yeah, um, is this Eric Andre? What is so? This? I, so we're about ready for a break. So I want to kind of like set the stage for what it was, and then uh-huh. I would like to maybe in the second half talk about why it was so difficult. Because mm-hmm. I left this meeting crying. Like I didn't oh, cry I in the imagine. meeting, but when I got in my car and like calmed down because I, I didn't realize until after the meeting that in the first 15 minutes I um, went into survival mode like dissociate I dissociate completely disassociate. thank you mm-hmm. I was like I was triggered I was emotional I was frustrated I was angry and then all of a sudden I just wasn't mm. and I was just sitting there like frustrated obviously still like I still had the reactions and was frustrated and angry, mm-hmm. but, it was, but I was just very like subdued. You got to hide
1: that because you're in the presence of a narcissist.
0: Exactly. And then I got in my car and then fell apart. But <clears throat> one of the last things they said that was, this is what I just, I intro was also in the front row. This is what I just laughed at, like was like, like, <laughs> like laughed. Okay. He said, oh, I wrote this one down. Oh boy. Cops do social work. Qu- this is a quote. Cops do social work, sometimes even better than social workers, because we see past the 5 p.m. <laughs> we see we see them
1: 24/7. So yeah. So the fuck what? First, yeah. oh first of all, God. cops don't
0: do social work.
1: No. They
0: don't do social work. That's,
1: that is not your job. No. If that's you, not your job. If
0: you do things that overlap with the definition of social work, that's fine. Just because somebody fucking takes a clipper to their hair does not make them a barber. Yes, both parties make hair shorter. One is trained to do exactly that and the other is not.
1: And how dare you? How dare you? You think, first of all... You think social workers aren't taking their work home with them past 5 pm?
0: Yeah, exactly. That was like, the thing that I, that's why I laughed. I was like, "Oh, you think that at 5 pm social workers fucking like They're just cartoon done? cloud dust like running out the door at 5 pm? Are you fucking kidding me?" No, no they stop getting paid at 5 pm. Mm-hmm. They don't keep working. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, yeah. they don't stop
0: working. They keep working all night sometimes yeah you know like
1: social workers teachers yes. they're they're never doctors like never off the clock
0: my yeah no that that is no not way. how that works no also
1: just and I just
0: and, I, I also everything just fucking fill in the blanks <laughs> it was just a wildly offensive thing oh to say oh
1: god that's so that's so presumptive that's so disrespectful i guess devil's advocate i could see i could see maybe what he was getting at of the fact that like i do so much Work will, with like socially based. I work socially. I work That's so- not social work. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So does my cousin, the Instagram influencer. Yeah, but that the, does not make them a social worker.
0: That's the thing is that he was equating interacting with the public and possibly maybe on a good day helping them find services as social work.
1: No, that's called being a human being. That's
0: just fucking one. That's living that's in just, the world. That's just. I don't even know what it is. It's just a thing, and it, that's part of your job. It's not, but you're not doing social work. Like, no. did you sit with me for eight hours to fill out disability paperwork when I got out of the hospital? No, no. I had to do
1: that myself.
0: You did not do. Yeah. No, a social for me, a social worker did it.
1: Oh, thank goodness. I
0: sat for eight hours with a social worker who was doing social work yeah <laughs> like to help me. to help me do you do that do you sit down and fill out paperwork with the, the people that you see the houseless people that you see no you Hell don't no. you're not a fucking social worker you asshole mm-hmm. oh god I I was so oh, like at that point I w- that was towards the end like the last like 30 minutes and it's of really the thing.
1: I, I know there's and we're coming up on a break and there's something to say, I do want to point out I yes I will admit I have a bias against police officers because of my personal experience I also, I could never be a police officer. Well, first of all, I have PTSD. So, like, literally I couldn't. No, couldn't. Um, But even if I could, I I don't think I I could handle it. It is an incredibly difficult job. It's, like, I'm sure a lot of them are doing their best. I will say, fundamentally, and it sounds like you were exposed to this firsthand and this kind of, like, agenda training that Mm -hmm. you were given, the way we are Teaching police officers how to do their job is fundamentally the problem exactly. because it is influenced by old narratives of racial bias, of prejudice against people who are houseless, who have mental health issues, all, all these kinds of things. Yeah. Like there is a fundamental problem with how we are training our law enforcement yeah. officers.
0: And Done. The, an example that I use um, for cases like this <clears throat> is like the. I just go back to doing hair because that's that was my profession for 15 years. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you had dealt with de escalation. I know,
0: dealt with de escalation. The um, when I first got out of barber school, I was I I wanted to have a job secured. I ended up not I ended up not working there because I got a different job. But I went. I interviewed at uh Mastercuts. Yeah. And uh, stable, <laughs> solid, totally, absolutely. And but their um, structure is they pay you. Minimum wage by the hour plus commission. Okay. So it benefits you to do, because a lot of people, why, you know, why is everyone, why are all the hairstylists at, at, at least at this time, maybe it's different now. I don't know what the structure is now, but at that time, you know, why is all of the people who cut hair master cuts so bad? Um, Because you make more money if you do 20 shitty haircuts in a day yep. than if you do 10 good ones. Whereas if you're working for yourself or you're working in a salon and you're paying booth rent or you're even maybe you're working on a percentage basis, Mm -hmm. return clients is how you pay the bills. That's people who come back every week, every two weeks, every four weeks.
1: And that's true in any creative industry. Like in my in my short time, I did graphic design for a while. And in that time, I made more better, more consistent, better money working with the same clients repeatedly. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I had someone that was just like. (laughs) <laughs> Have you ever heard of the website Clients from Hell? Mm-mm. It's perfect. It's for every creative can relate. Where it's um people who aren't creative that hire a creative don't know how to communicate what yeah. they want. So it's like, oh, will you make this for me? It's like, yeah, sure, I can do it this way. It's like, cool, I can pay you twenty dollars. It's like, well, then you're gonna get twenty dollars worth of work from me.
0: Yeah, you're gonna that's, get an outline. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're gonna, gonna get maybe.
1: you're gonna get it's a, cause for me like twenty dollars. That's five minutes of my time. Yeah, exactly. I will make you something in five minutes. But yeah. I have put in a lot of work, a lot of years. I'm working hard at this. So like, no, pay me, pay me what I'm worth. Yeah. There is an issue right now as we watch capitalism decline that that's an issue. Yep. And, you know, in a way it circles back to that, that de-escalation thing where it's just kind of like, dude, if you're, if you're not going to tip me, like go throw a tantrum about the haircut totally. that I gave.
0: Yeah. Go do it. So the, so exactly. So that so fundamentally like that 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 structure is 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 bad. It encourages it encourages um poor quality work. Yep. And whereas if you have to get return clients, you have to do good work. Mm-hmm. So there's a structure that is encouraging like like
1: a bad behavior. Yeah. And
0: that's that's the thing with cops. It's like, yes, I understand that not every single person who wears a badge is an awful person. I no. understand that. Yeah. But the structure encourages negative behavior. It the does. structure as it is encourages um, or at the very least does not encourage mm-hmm. good behavior. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the real oh, issue. That's the problem.
1: Especially the lack of consequence. You see so many officers of that, are, yes. that are uh, suspended with pay after shooting someone dead.
0: So you get to go on vacation after mm-hmm. murdering someone for no fucking reason? Because you
1: have a license to kill? hmm Congratulations. And, no, you're totally right. I have, I have for as many—actually, no, that's not true. Every five, quote-unquote, bad cops I've met. I've met one good one. Yeah. Like, I once had an officer tell me—this is incredibly triggering, but I once had an officer tell me because I was suicidal, I was a chicken shit. He said that to me. Oh, my God. I also had another police officer sit with me when I was in the emergency room after a suicide attempt. My family wouldn't even sit with me because, of, because I was queer, because they had their blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this officer sat with me the whole time and checked on me and made sure I was getting the right thing. Like, they are not all bad
0: they're not It's like we understand that concept but that doesn't
1: but the training and Mm -hmm. it also very much depends on what kind of community you're in who your police commissioner is like it's not just the individual cops it's the whole the whole culture surrounding it around it where you are what part of the country you're in because how a police officer is going to act in california is going to be totally different than what you're going to see in alabama or new york city like there are different expectations everywhere but the fact that at this particular seminar houselessness is a huge issue here
0: it's a a huge huge
1: problem nationwide but especially here for the small community we have our population is a higher concentration
0: and the just like literally right before we go on the break the last thing that i wanted to that one of the things i want to say that confirmed my suspicions that they were a narcissist was one of the grounding techniques that they talked about when someone's getting in your face You know and yelling and screaming at you Mm -hmm. um and and you're feeling threatened or you're feeling you know afraid you're feeling you know this one of those like you have to have grounding techniques you have to bring yourself back to the moment remind yourself of yeah you know who they are what's going on in their life what's what's happening you know why are why are why are we in the situation what am i trying to do you know so that kind of like a empathy yeah empathy what a what a concept
1: i mean that is i guess in a way a grounding technique but Self-empathy is also a thing.
0: Well, yeah. So yeah. The, the the grounding technique of like a, what they were talking about is a, like not letting your emotions dictate your actions. So like totally. someone's yelling and screaming at you. And instead of if you yell and scream back, that's going to just escalate. Mm-hmm. So you have to ground yourself so that you can control your emotions and continue to speak calmly. OK, so take and, a deep breath. Yeah, that kind you of know, thing.
1: Check your surroundings. Has the empathy.
0: H- guess what his grounding techniques were? Was reminding himself that paraphrased like he said this i'm not obviously can't pray can't quote word for word because i can't remember but paraphrase this is what he said this person is this person is homeless they they don't have anything they have they have nothing i have a good job i make a lot of money i have a family i have kids i have a wife you know what that was his grounding That's technique
1: literal narcissism yeah
0: literal like like that the is definition the textbook? Yeah. Yeah. so his grounding techniques was to remind himself how
1: much better he is. Much
0: better he is than the person he's talking
1: to. Oh barf. Yeah. Oh barf. No. Yeah. That's not. That is. That is. I'm gonna pump some hot air into my ego really quick and remember that I'm literally holier than thou. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's not only disappointing. That is alarming. That's disgusting. To that's me. alarming. Disgusting. That that's. Happening.
0: So let's take a break. Let's take
1: a. I gotta, and then,
0: and then when we come back, We we'll gotta talk go about, rage smoke. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: c- when we come back, I'll go talk. Uh, we'll talk about why um, all of why all of the reasons that I was triggered and wanted to scream and wanted to leave this place and never come back. Great. Yay. Yay. The
1: dolly heals a lot of the rage. Oh, Dolly, Yes, Dolly
0: Hill and Reba too. Dolly I wasn't entirely Reba. sure. I assumed, but I asked, um, I asked Tony if uh, Reba was a friend of the Gays as well. Apparently, she is. Duh! I didn't know that. Of course, I knew she was amazing. Yeah. I just didn't know if she liked How the Gays. How amazing! You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh. Is she amazing that I have to like her in secret, or can I like her in the open? You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. We got to be careful about, um, you know, the J.K. Rowling's of the world. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You just never know. Which I hate to, I hate to break it to you. And I don't know, I don't think she doubled down like like J.K. Rowling did. I haven't heard anything since. But Bette Midler. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I know. I
1: don't want to talk about it. Mm I don't want to talk about it. Actually, funny thing with J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Um, The kids are doing a Women's History Month book Mm -hmm. report. So I have to give a a talk. And I'm pulling uh, literature that we have. Learning how much we're lacking on various different things. We don't have a yeah. single Maya Angelou book. Weird. I know. Um, but I'm That's pulling, s- I'm like, okay, let's pull Women of History. I'm like, please, someone do Gloria Steinem, be my best friend. We have Gloria Steinem. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like pulling, you know, f- especially from our biography section. Yeah, 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 And I come across, do you remember the Who Was series? Like, Who Was at Poe And they have like the characters on the front. Mm-hmm. No? Okay. They were really popular when I was in school. But we had one that was, who was J.K. Rowling? Or who is J.K. Rowling? And I'm like, Ugh. How up to date is this?
0: <laughs> Swipe the match, burn the book. <laughs>
1: I know, and I, I I pulled it anyway, and I kind of, like, tucked it between a couple, like, older-looking titles. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. this will just get missed. Kid grabbed it, and I was like, I'll be very curious what to read you your report. I was that. like, supplement this with Google.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll open up your search history. Read all of her Twitter posts, and then talk about how yeah. horrible she is. Just <laughs> a disgusting human being. A wonderful know, transition would, of I, transphobia. On a note. So that there's two people thinking about it, I would love to talk sometime in general, not about J.K. Rowling, but she does fit into this topic about the um, appreciating the art, not the artist. You know, yes. that, that whole oh, I like so
1: many people to talk about that. With. Yeah, I, on, I, would,
0: I would love to talk about <laughs> you know. The, especially the you know the the experience of having something that some having some kind of art that's very healing for you and and as a queer experience yeah. and then finding out much later yeah. that they're an awful person. Well, you know? and
1: the other side of things is I appreciate the artist, maybe ar- not, not the art.
0: I'm not defending J.K. Rowling, no, FYI. No, no. I hate her. She's awful. Uh, she's a horrible, horrible, horrible human being. I just like this concept as a topic. Uh, you but know? I
1: love Harry Potter. And yeah, well, totally. I will be a Ravenclaw until I die.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not like, going to give her any money. No. Ever. Oh, I, I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna, um, creatively find a way to play Hogwarts Legacy. It's yeah.
0: Yeah. Wink.
1: Wink. <laughs> Maybe
0: we can go in together. On, you know what? No, not, you I, I don't want even. Gonna, even. to say it out loud. I'm not even no. going to say it out loud. No. no the FBI go. will come for us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're already queer. We're vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. They'll find any of, reason. Speaking of transphobes.
0: So yes. So
1: let's talk about the other half of this de-escalation. Yeah.
0: One of the things I did forget to mention also was there was uh they were talking. Uh, about one of the uh, quotes I forgot to mention that this person said was you might find yourself having to I don't remember what the first part was but like de-escalate, you know in a situation where you have where a man in a pink bikini is stealing real situation he was like a man in a pink bikini is stealing from you and then like pause like yeah that was a real situation and I'm like, That's just transphobia. That's Mm -hmm. veiled transphobia. That's veiled homophobia. Is it veiled? It's not veiled. It's (laughs) veiled to people who don't know. It's veiled to people who, all of the people who chuckled and laughed at that because they thought it was funny. Oh, this man wearing a pink bikini. Ha! that's so, that's so funny. And he's obviously mentally ill because it was on the the end of the mentally ill thing oh, and he's no. obviously a problem you know like like associating no, the no. fact that there was a man first of all you don't fucking know it was a man don't make assumptions
1: mm-hmm. you don't know someone's gender identity and a site. pink
0: exactly we don't mm-hmm. know in a pink bikini like it's just like that's unnecessary information yeah that's unnecessary information you might be dealing with you could even say a man mm-hmm. um robbing from your store like that would be Fairly pertinent, you know. It would be more pertinent. But, but what
1: was he wearing?
0: Uh, in a pink bikini? Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? Was mm-hmm. it summer? Was he getting ready to go to the pool? Is it uh, hot wh- out? Was it? Was it? Was it like? Was it a convenience store attached to a like?
1: Maybe he was on his way to the beauty pageant. You don't the, know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like what? Do you, what? Doesn't does that have, have
1: that pageant money? Yet, was he? So
0: d- he didn't say that he was indecently exposing himself. It wasn't a case mm-hmm. of indecent exposure. That wasn't what he said. He a said pink, robbing.
1: A pink.
0: A man in a pink bikini robbing your store. That was the situation. They were robbing the store. There was no, like, so the pink bikini was irrelevant.
1: I think there's something to be said for the fact that all, all bias, all, almost all phobia is based in ignorance. And especially people who are trans or otherwise gender Mm nonconforming are going to deal with the brunt of that ignorance. Yeah. I, have, I have a friend that I work with, and she has to constantly deal with transphobia, even in this in this community. I'd like to think that, especially in California, you know where we are, we would like to think that we're more progressive, and we definitely are. We are more progressive than other parts of the country. Does not mean it's not a problem.
0: Doesn't mean it's not a problem. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean, like like that. Uh, <clears throat> that was one of the things. Is that I, one of the notes I wrote about the bullshit was like it was just rampant. Microaggressions were rampant through this thing that's in, in as much as what he said as what he did not say
1: mm-hmm. it was very
0: like uh people well, that's of
1: what co- microaggressions are yeah exactly uh-huh
0: people of color were like noticeably omitted from this conversation shocking and and, and i say that notice and not in the mental health or that kind of uh, what i'm saying is that
1: they're just not going to touch that with ten foot pole. exactly and there
0: was no yeah. talking about um how the the how the there's, there was no talking about the how you know the, everything that's going on between the police and people of color. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing mentioned about that at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing, which is very fascinating. Obviously omitted. You know, queer people were yeah. very noticeably omitted from this conversation. Gotta be careful. Yep. So, yeah. anyways, we're, I, sorry. Oh, I
1: attended a, a professional development day, um, for uh, our district, uh, earlier this week, and we had a full conversation about microaggressions, what they are and what they aren't, when they're unsaid
0: in they're unsaid, exactly. Um, the
1: woman who was reading or um, leading, excuse me, the seminar was a woman of color. And she often said, she's like, I deal with microaggressions all the time. She's like, in ways people don't realize are microaggressions. She's like, I'll walk up to, you know, the checkout counter at Target and someone will be like, hey, girl. Like, hey, hey," you know, just kind of the way they'll say it. Or yep. She's like, even the way people compliment my hair. Yep. It's like they don't realize that they're microaggressions. And they had us do a great activity that was like. Um, like an identity wheel. Like, how do you identify yourself? What's your sex? What's your gender? What's your, you know, physical, mental, emotional state, or whatever? And I actually got into a position where I was like, "Does anyone want to share?" And I was like, "Yeah." Um, and I said in front of my entire district, I said, "I have post-traumatic stress disorder," mm-hmm. which was like, it's something that I live with, and I'm very. I've I've done a lot of work that I am not ashamed of my mental illness. Yeah. Although one of the symptoms is shame, mm-hmm. um, I I kicked that demon in the teeth by being very open about it and it was something that as soon as i said it and the reason i said it was this i felt a stiffness pass throughout the room i was like as soon as i tell people that one of the questions i always get is oh what war were you in that's like the first thing there's like this these assumptions that are are are, we are met with when we expose you're too
0: young to have been in the military exactly Mm -hmm. that's that's
1: the thing and uh, one of the teachers even made a joke about it to me afterwards and i was like i know you're being playful but like this is seriously something that I deal with when it's actually, you know, factually in truth, only about thirty percent of the population that copes with post traumatic stress disorder are veterans. Yeah. And granted, that's a huge portion a huge portion of the veteran population deals with post traumatic stress. Yeah, totally. And undiagnosed post traumatic stress, yeah. which often leads them into houseless situations. And yes. how are we handling that as police officers? How are we dealing with people <laughs> who are houseless who are yeah. veterans or who are dealing with undiagnosed mental illnesses? Like if you're <laughs> Officer, if you're a social worker, can you can you uh, direct people to get property? Can you spot yeah. these signs? Of what's going on? What are the on?
0: services? What? Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, so what are you doing? Yeah, uh, let's let's say I'm a 60 year old vet with PTSD, and I just lost my housing because I could because I can't work, and Social Security is bullshit. Because we don't take to? care of our veterans. Because yeah. we don't take care of. Where 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 am I going? Where am I oh, but do? you're a social worker. Don't you do this for a living? Yeah. Isn't this? Don't you refer vets to to um, the services that we have the the all the kinds of services that we have apparently, and don't you do that every day? No. no. You know. What oh, you, you do? don't.
1: No. Okay. So you're not a social. So worker.
0: you buy them a cup of coffee and say, "Have a nice day, sir. Thank you for your service."
1: And then you go fill out your paperwork at your desk and yeah, you never think about it again.
0: Exactly. You're not a fucking social worker, you piece of shit.
1: <laughs> I'm again. Oh. It's crazy that um, and you know I I am very fortunate to see that um, like we are in a generation Gen Z is much more open and aware to queerness and they are much more embracing of the fact that they don't have to stay. In one place. I say that with the kids I work with every day. Like some of the kids are like, uh, you know, this week I'm going by one name and then I'm, I'm going to change it next week because I'm like finding who I am. Yeah, totally. That doesn't stop once you reach adulthood. No. Like you're completely, you are, you are, let me say this to everybody listening. You are welcome to change who you are, what you're doing, how you feel at any given moment. Moment, and you don't, moment to moment. you yeah. don't owe anyone, even yourself, a reason. You
0: don't have to. You f- you, don't. you feel like going by a different name today? Do it. Yeah. Why doesn't matter
1: who we are Just do it. is not a fixed point. No. In fact, in order to get the most out of life and out of our human experience, that should be constantly evolving.
0: You know, I do you remember learning in school that like on a cellular level we're completely different people every 7 years. Mm-hmm. So our cells like every 7 years like down to our cellular makeup we are a different person. Mm-hmm. But yet we expect name, gender, expression identity identity to stay the same from the moment you're born but on a cellular level you are not the same person you were 7 years ago
1: mhm and hmm. we <laughs> just
0: because just because anatomy doesn't doesn't change like quote unquote naturally just mm-hmm. because it's not like every 7 years you have new anatomy and yeah. not anything from like how broad your shoulders are to you know your genitalia just because that doesn't change yeah you think that everything else is the same like that's just baffling to me and that's
1: what i mean it's like we i'm i'm i work every day with a generation that's that's very aware of these things however their parents aren't necessarily i see i have a lot of kids that come and confide in me and work with me are still closeted at home yeah and they're like in
0: 2023 they're closeted at
1: home and the thing is like then kids who are otherwise like cisgendered or like their where their identity is is also happens to align with their birth certificate like Mm -hmm. good for them and we uh, like i align with my birth certificate like cool and like i'm grateful for the the privilege that that brings me every day i am white and i am cisgendered i am one of the most fortunate people in the world there is going to be very little prejudice and bias that i have to deal with just because of sheer dumb luck yeah and next week If that's not where I align, my life could be totally different. Totally different. Completely. But then I I see a lot of these kids who are taking their parents' beliefs and projecting that onto other kids.
0: Because that's what you do as a kid. And because
1: you emulate your parents. You emulate your parents. Because you are a puppet, which is why I completely, I think that one of the most important things that we can do to just help with growth, I firmly believe in gap years before college. Oh, yes. I think completely, completely, because if you are just going, being told everything like your your whole life and then you get out into the real world you're not really going to form
0: your own opinions just, just one second this is how traumatized i am this is how much ptsd i had when you said gap years my first thought was like taking kids memories
1: because you know because <laughs> <laughs>
0: trauma causes gap years in your memory of your childhood oh you yeah, know dude? like and oh. so i was like but that's not oh gap years like between school and college like I that just, was i
1: just yeah. learned <laughs> about that actually i was
0: um i didn't mean to interrupt your story no, but I, it's true it i just so realized funny.
1: that recently because uh, at one point in my life i knew how to play guitar but because then, I because yeah. I learned it during my trauma years, I no longer remember. Yeah, and I'm like that. Totally. Can, I can forget a whole skill. Yeah, like totally. brains are nuts.
0: There are the, the yeah, absolutely. Gap years are like a, a fucking. I'm 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 having. I'm in a stage where now. Like a lot of memories are resurfacing for me. Unfortunately, oh, it's a lot. negative ones. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I'm like, fuck. I don't. I didn't.
1: I didn't want to remember I that. I didn't
0: remember that. I didn't remember being taught that. I didn't remember learning Thank you, brain, that- yeah, for yeah, hiding totally. that from me. Fuck, it's, it's really uncomfortable. No,
1: I mean gap years in uh, in education. Yes. Although, recognizing gap years in uh, neurology. Very important. Also important. <laughs> uh, no, but like having a And I'm someone who didn't go to college. I didn't have I, a college yeah, experience. I. I went right from high school into the workforce. And those first couple years when I did that, and I was very fortunate. My sister went to private school. I went to public school. So I had a completely different exposure to like different worldviews than even she did. or probably does to this day yeah I don't know I haven't talked to her but (laughs) I learned so much in those couple years just working in the service industry right out of school my whole worldview changed my perspective changed completely the fact that I've lived in a lot of different places geographically has changed my perspective on a lot of things totally and I kind of feel bad for some of the people I know that just went from college to like a cushy job because they had their degree because you're just gonna have one one experience one yeah. worldview from world view. that.
0: I used to tell my clients um, when they would talk to me about going to college and stuff because because I would I would start cutting kids' hair when they were in like grade school, middle school, and then I would have them I would cut their hair all the way through, through their graduating college, which was a weird Aww. thing to do. You get to watch um, them grow. Yeah, the one of the weirdest things about being in in the, in the service industry for 15 years was. Cutting someone's hair when they were like in high school mm-hmm. and then cutting, cutting their kids' hair. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. that's gotta be
1: a true. Cutting
0: them cutting their hair th- when they graduate high school, go to college, graduate college, get married, have a kid, and you're like
1: Yeah. This is fucking weird. But that's yeah. also the thing. That's what that's what I find so fascinating about this uh, the seminar that you attended is it didn't sound like it really addressed that. A uh, big no. part of de escalation is growth.
0: And yes. understanding
1: that your opinions have got to change. Yeah. Your biases have got to be addressed. If you're going to know how to de-escalate a situation, you gotta keep up with things that are changing.
0: One uh, one of the things I um fuck, what were we talking about before that I wanted to say? Oh, one of the things I would tell my clients is that to not make decisions that are gonna affect the rest of your life until your brain's done developing. Yeah, twenty five yeah twenty five. Don't go to college and pick your degree at 18 years old, because you are literally not going to be the same person when you turn 25. Your brain's not, not done at... developing. Go well, do that... something else. Go experience things. Go take classes. Go travel. Go do whatever you want or do nothing until mm-hmm. you're 25. That's fine. And then once your brain's done developing, be like, it's not that you will know who you are, yeah. but it, you will be in a place where your brain's not still actually physically changing. Mm-hmm. So you, the things that you... Are like like your your brain like the neural pathways that are there the lessons that you've learned will be more solid more you'll have a, like
1: you'll have your sense of character. Mostly and if fleshed. and if like
0: what you want to do changes because you have grown not because your brain is still developing. Yeah, you know, and see,
1: you know that 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 twenty five your brain is still developing thing that was a number that I remember I was terrified of for a long time because I didn't address my trauma. Yeah, and when I started to really think like okay like it's time to open up the closet and deal with the skeletons and dust them off and make a move out yeah i finally came to that the beginnings of that decision of like hey maybe at 23 yeah and when i started learning about like mental health and mental illness and all this i was like oh man i only have until i'm 25 to get all to this- deal with this yeah. and then i'm gonna be i'm gonna be stuck how i am and that's not true
0: that's not true it just does become exponentially a little more difficult difficult. to undo those narrow pathways but it's not impossible I didn't come out or start dealing with my trauma until I was 30 so yeah so thanks so (laughs) it was there was so it's 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 a diffi- more difficult path for me because mm-hmm. it's significantly more difficult to undo the a lot of the narrow pathways, a lot of the the the, the thought processes, the bias that yeah. are ingrained in there so it's deep. It's harder. It's harder you know? to do It's like pack. it's a lot more difficult, takes a lot more time to fill a hole to fill a, a, a trench that is, you know, a hundred feet deep as opposed yeah. to ten feet deep. It's you know? made
1: out of mud and then when you hit twenty five, it's more like it's made out of rocks. You can still quarry it away. But it's going to be a it's little bit more, more work. It's going
0: to take a little more time.
1: But then that's there's something fascinating you just said about, like, you know, going right into college. Your interests are going to change. We're at a fascinating point where we're at the death of careers because we are yep. no longer working for passion or what we want to do. We are working to survive. No one is going to be doing the same thing at 18 that they're going to be doing at 30. No. Like, it's it's going to have to change because so many industries are just going out. Yeah, Like they're just they don't exist anymore. They're becoming less relevant with technology and or robots are taking over our jobs. Like mm-hmm. things like that. All of that's like coming and progressing along. Plus, I I'm going to completely butcher a statistic or something like that. But like by the time you're 40, most people have worked like four to six different, quote unquote, careers in that time. Most people. These yeah. And that's completely different than it was. 50 to 100 years ago like you picked something you did that and Forever. that was your skill set yeah. but now in the age of the internet we have so much access to to knowledge and information technology like we are we're allowed to yeah. continue to grow and some yeah. people don't even know what they're you know Alan Rickman actor I may mean, he rest in peace um, he oh yeah yeah he didn't decide to start acting until he was 40
0: nice didn't so even so there's still time for me is what you're saying
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's t- Broadway is not too far it's babe. not too
0: far it's not too far it's not too far, not too far. <laughs> Um,
1: And that's the thing is it's like you don't have to stay locked in one place not only for your growth and development as a person but when you're dealing with things like de-escalation when you're dealing with things like prejudice and bias and teaching other people you have to be malleable not only to each situation but to how political climates change to how awareness changes like you look around now that it's funny that police officer completely didn't address people of color not that long ago and we're a very young country we were still segregated man. Like, people act like that so far back in the past. And I'm like, we're a baby country. We've only been around for, what, 400 odd years? When
0: was, what year was, what year did, was, did segregation, quote unquote, end? Was it in the 60s? What, di-
1: what a dicey question that is. When well, what, did it end or when was that's it why put I said into it, law?
0: That's what I said in air quotes. Like, when did it, quote unquote, end? Because it hasn't. It's still happening. It's just not. Uh, it's not uh, like it's not a law yeah you know any, we or whatever it's not a wasn't water like in, issue yeah, exactly mm-hmm. wasn't it like in the 60s or 70s or something I can't
1: comment on that my history is bad M-
0: my history is bad as well but like I was thinking like I'm pretty sure it was like in the 60s I, I could be you know what I'm gonna look this up we're gonna look it up because I want to know because my mom was born in the 60s so like mm-hmm. it's not like five generations away it's one mm-hmm. it's like in my mom's lifetime yeah um we're dealing with that i'm looking i'm i want look i'm looking this up right now and yeah um,
1: it does it does completely depend on like i was saying before like where you are 19,
0: 1964. pretty sure my mom was born in nineteen sixty four well there you go so my like literally it mm-hmm. was still segregation Beginning was still of her life yeah mhm yeah Mm-hmm. at the beginning of my both mom's my life. Parents, my mom, My parents were not born my in grandma. The, no. My grandma was... My grandma. segregation, like she lived... Was part my of her life? My mom's mom. Was, it was part of her life.
1: My parents were both born in the 50s. That was Ugh, still very much part of that. That family. is just... But they also grew up in completely different parts of the country. Like, my, my mom grew up in southern Missouri, and she once got in trouble for giving her shoes to a young black boy who didn't have any. Like... And, and my grandparents, bless them, were like the least prejudiced people you'll ever meet yeah meanwhile growing up in milwaukee mm. my dad has a family black lab and i don't want to tell you i cannot say what the name what the of name that is. dog was yeah. like it's completely different as to where you are in the world like i was um even growing up in wisconsin i was i was out but it wasn't something i necessarily touted Like, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of something that, like, I think everybody knew, but we didn't talk about it. Not only because we're Irish and repressed, but we're in the Midwest and repressed. Yeah. Whereas when I got to Austin, oh, yeah, wide out. But it wasn't even until I got here that I fully understood what my identity. I identified as bisexual for most of my life because I thought that was the only option.
0: Totally. Totally. And now
1: my identity has completely changed. I didn't even know demisexuality existed until Tony told me. And I was like, dude, I thought I was just a prude. I thought I was totally. just picky. I was like, oh, no, that's part of my identity. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing is as I've learned, I have changed. I have changed not only my opinion of myself, but how I treat other people. Mm-hmm. Like how I don't – dude, when, um, when non-binary genders first started really becoming something that we talked about, I'm not going to lie. And this makes me look bad, but I was like, that's not that's a not thing. Real. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah, I totally. didn't believe it. And I, I look back at that kid now and I'm like, you didn't know any better.
0: Yeah, you didn't know anybody. That's, uh, that's oh, why I, I
1: learned and I grew.
0: That's why I say that we're not responsible for the knowledge we don't have. Uh-huh. But as soon as we have it, we are a hundred percent responsible.
1: Absolutely. We're fully
0: responsible. Say it again. It's not. Yeah. It's it, just beca- if you don't know something, you don't know it. But once you know yeah. it, it's not like a oh well, now I know it. But no, mm-hmm. you know it. And I would love you to, know it.
1: I would love to see people. In law enforcement or positions, otherwise positions of power. And there's a lot of different positions of power. You can range from your retail manager to a teacher to the head of a church to a politician. All of those people, just as much as Joe somebody down the street, are responsible for learning, for knowing. Yep. And it's sad to say that there's a lot of things you won't know. You don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot of things you won't know if you're not exposed to them. Yeah. And exactly. that's why I'm gonna go out at, I'm gonna go rob a store in a pink bikini. No, yeah. no. But but I could.
0: But you could.
1: I could I could do it and I would hope that someone would be well, I mean, I'm female identifying, so it's not gonna be S shock and they're gonna be like, Whoo!
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to deal with misogyny exactly. before anything.
1: Exactly. That's another reason, you know, speaking of, of gender, I've I've started to realize there is a little bit more nonbinariness uh to me as I've gotten older. Part of that is because of my trauma. I For sure. I definitely embrace my femininity less because it feels like I'm putting myself in a position of threat. Um, like uh, Eden, my partner, he loves being attractive. It makes him feel strong. It makes him feel powerful. Mm-hmm. When I feel attractive or I feel hot, I get very defensive. Yeah. I get very, I feel very threatened. Yeah. I feel like if I'm walking down the street, I'm being seen as a piece of meat. And it's, I'm scared.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the, like, one of the reasons I don't present more "quote unquote" feminine, like more often, is because it feels dangerous to me. It does because it is dangerous for me. There's so, a vulnerability and it's like, there. And since I'm not, for me, mm-hmm. I'm not wildly uncomfortable presenting more on the "quote unquote" mass side. And by that, I I mean, I, I'm not wearing makeup. I'm not wearing dresses. I'm not wearing flowy clothes. I'm just like mm-hmm. fucking jeans and sweatshirts, and that's it. Same for me. So like, also
1: it's cold here. It's also really fucking cold, <laughs>
0: and um but the the reason I do don't I don't do that more often is because it feels dangerous and I just it don't does. have the I don't have the mental capacity to to process that to deal with that to manage that while I'm dealing with everything else. And I would be curious
1: so, to know how an officer, a social worker, however you want to identify, is going to de-escalate someone that is masculine presenting versus female presenting exactly. because the amount of times I've had to call police for in in my past for dv situations for my safety i've had to do that do you know the do you know the pizza protocol
0: Mm-mm. have you ever heard of this oh okay. yes 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 i do yes. when you call nine one one and An i like do order, ordering order a pizza order
1: a pizza that is uh the unspoken secret code for th- this is domestic violence situation um very few dispatchers well some dispatchers know not many do know pizza code um That's i've so had to
0: that they don't know it
1: i've had to use pizza code before I've had to do it. There are times I was understood and times that I wasn't. Times when officers would show up to help in that situation, I was often treated as hysterical Mm -hmm. or otherwise overreacting, whereas my abuser, who was male, was treated as, like, the calm, logical one. Granted, he was a narcissist, so it was much easier, but it's one of those things where it was like I felt less believed, less... Valid because I was the woman in the situation So yeah. yes I was treated as Someone to be de-escalated Not the person who Was beating yep. the shit out of me
0: I have a, Someone that I know so I'm not going to mention I'm not even going to mention there it doesn't, I'm just not going to mention But I know I experienced this um, Situation firsthand Watching a woman Who previously in the day Had to Grab her kids and physically run out of the house yep. because her husband was um, uncontrollably drunk, punching holes in the walls, mm-hmm. um, destroying things, angry, running around, like running outside naked, um, going back and you know screaming at them, yelling at them, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, all all sorts of awful abusive behavior, and she had to call and do a welfare check. She called and did a welfare check on him. Um. And he met the officers outside, did not let them in the house because he didn't have to, you know, Mm -hmm. had a conversation with them and was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I don't know why she called. Everything's fine. Yeah, we had a disagreement, but it wasn't that big of a deal. And and then when they when she went back to the house to talk to the officers, they were basically like, yeah, you can always call and do a welfare check, but basically you should. Don't waste our time. Don't waste our time. You should try to handle this on your own and have a conversation with your husband. And then nothing oh was God. done. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he was shit face drunk. He doesn't even remember doing that. Oh my but God. it was just so, so like second nature. And because yeah. they just didn't believe him. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: I identify with that story. I mean,
0: they didn't believe her. They believed him. You know, it's just it's just it's just bullshit. It's just absolute bullshit. Yeah. Another
1: reason I'm less trustworthy of law enforcement officers is I'm what I like to call a retired battered woman. Yeah. I I used to be. I am no longer. But um, it gave me a very Severe distrust, and it makes me very doubtful that someone in that position is leading de-escalation correctly. Exactly. I would sooner listen to the the licensed marriage absolutely. and family therapist. I would sooner listen to a teacher. I'd sooner listen to a Starbucks barista to teach me yep. about de-escalation A yep. waitress, absolutely. Like
0: any like hundred yeah.
1: percent, they deal with it more and better. better. Far far better. I'm so sorry um, that you. I just want <clears throat> to recognize. I'm sorry that you had to sit through such an incredibly triggering situation. Yeah. Where not only does is it queer erasure, but to the point where it's like we're just not gonna talk about it because yep. because they know they're not doing it right, mm-hmm. um, or people of color, any of that. Like, what a limited view that is, and how truly unhelpful. Yeah, is that? Did you feel like I'm curious to know? Did you feel like you actually did learn anything?
0: Oh, I learned a lot, but it had nothing to do with deescalation. <laughs> I learned a yeah, lot.
1: I learned how deeply disappointed I can be.
0: Yeah, I in the I, world I live in. It was very, you know, and I did try to, because I was the one. I'm, I'm the, the, uh, basically the receptionist at my job. So like, anytime there's something like this, I'm the one that schedules it. I'm the one that signed us up for it. I'm the, you know, and my, you're the
1: one that's de-escalating.
0: Exactly, front end my deescalates. Boss, all my the boss time. went. You know, he asked me to, to look into it and set it up. And and so I saw that it was being run by a police officer. My first reaction was, you know, uh-oh. like, uh-oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in open-minded because... Mm. Good for you. Because it's not like... Assumptions don't help anyone. And that's you know? how you're
1: aware of your bias. It's like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. but...
0: But I'm not going to do let this. Let me give it a chance. Exactly. And unfortunately... all of my suspicions were yeah I was proven right it was awful and I was so and I was so I I, now that we're like five minutes away from being done I was just gonna check which is actually totally fine because I don't we don't the the point of this was not to talk about like what I was experiencing but I want to mention it because I want again validation that like I was so triggered in that first 15 to 20 minutes and I've had to really and it 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 affected my the rest of my week. I'm still like kind of reeling from it a little bit.
1: Yeah, white knuckling through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just
0: wanted to like I was trying to figure out why was I so triggered? Triggered because nothing, like, like nothing that someone would consider to be triggering really happened. It, but, but it was the, it was the. um I recognized a narcissist immediately. That's triggering. Uh, and that was triggering. Yeah. And um, I and it was that, that, that okay, I walk in here, I sit down, I see this person, they start talking, I'm like, you're a fucking narcissist. and <laughs> Now I got to sit here. And yeah, and I know what a narcissist is and I know what they do and I know what they're capable of. My dad was a narcissist, is a narcissist. So then immediately I feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. and so to feel unsafe you have to shut down and when you shut you can't just shut off you can't just shut down one aspect and then be like oh i'll turn it back on when i'm done with the meeting i feel safe again no when you feel unsafe when you are triggered in that capacity you you go into survival mode and then Mm -hmm. that survival mode doesn't just turn off no it's on it's on especially if you have ptsd and your survival mode is already at 100 Mm -hmm. and then it goes to 150 and you've got to like work for the rest of however long to can bring your brain back into, you know, like...
1: Anytime you get triggered and have to deal with that, regardless of, like, if you have PTSD or not, if you are triggered, it is work to bring yourself back to oh, yeah. zero. Or even down I, from I, 150 to 100.
0: I was... Not, not to be, like, too, like... Not crass or whatever, but, like, I have a lot of gut issues because of multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Autoimmune issues, stress, all that kind of stuff.
1: Tummy troubles, yeah.
0: Yeah, tummy troubles. It's... and. I, but I've been really, really, really strict with my diet recently. I've been, like, just overly strict, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, just figure some things out. Yeah. So I my gut has actually been feeling a lot better. But this week...
1: I bet not. Out
0: of control. Like, yeah. it... So much pain. All of the issues I normally deal with when I get like get exposed to gluten or or eat dairy or wow. have something that's just bad for my system because it's very sensitive. That and I'm like, I haven't it. introduced anything into my system that normally bothers it.
1: It's eh, stress.
0: Except like that's stress. the thing is it doesn't. It's not just like a, oh I'm like I got in my car after that and cried on my way to work because it oh, just good. it was so overwhelming. And then once you feel when you know when you have ptsd your 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 you know it's your triggers broken your 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 off switch. yeah your off yeah. switch is broken so it's you know a lot like if you don't have PTSD and you fight or flight or freeze, your, mm-hmm. your, um,
1: your emotional flashbacks, yeah,
0: it, it, yeah. like if that's triggered because you're in a dangerous situation, once you're away from the dis- dangerous situation, you can calm down and that trigger gets turned off and then you process all of the mm-hmm. chemicals and blah, 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 blah. But when you have PTSD, it's like this person reminds me of this situation, which is very dangerous. Alarms go off and then every, you just, everything is dangerous. Every yep. person you see is dangerous. A Everything's a threat. Every single, every, you don't feel safe in any situation at all.
1: Yep. Take me home. Put yeah. me in bed with my comfort show, maybe, unless I need complete silence. And yep. let me just, you have to go into a state of complete sensory deprivation in yep. order to let your senses reset. And that's and you, the best you can do. And sometimes it doesn't even work.
0: And you but you can't because I had to go to work.
1: Because you, you have responsibilities. And I had to pay
0: bills. And mm-hmm. I had other things that I had said. And yeah. I still, to this day, do not, I have a really hard time
1: mm-hmm.
0: putting mental health Challenges or Ill- my my mental illness, yeah. those kinds of like things like triggers, yeah. on the same level as like having a cold or being sick or mm-hmm. re- that that kind of recovery. It's like oh, I was triggered, whatever. I got to go to work, but it's like yeah. if we understood that, like no, I still I need a fucking nap and I need food <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And like I, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I need to go home and yeah. rest for the rest of the day to reset. Like, that's not something I'm ever going to allow myself to do because I was triggered. I think you know? that's a
1: great – That's I know we have to wrap up, so I think that's a great pausing point. I think we, we've we talked about um, – one of the topics I, I would love for us to discuss sometime is um, being triggered, recovering from trauma. Because we, we – first of all, actually, thank you for bringing this today that you were you were so uh, open and vulnerable to talk about this experience that, that you were triggered by it, what it did. And so we bring awareness to these kinds of things. I think next time we're here together – Something I know we've wanted to talk about for a while is being triggered and recovering from being triggered. Yes. As well as mm-hmm. we, we've we had this a lot after we record this show a lot. As much as it sounds like we're having fun and a great time, we always leave and we're like, I need a three-hour nap. Yep. Because talking about trauma, not only is it triggering, but it is exhausting. Yep. I think that's something I would love to talk about next time is being triggered, trauma talk, and the recovery period. I would love to talk about that. That would be a that. great That'd next be great. And, great and next some
0: like tips and tricks on how to... like like how to acknowledge it, mm-hmm. how to validate it, give yourself like permission to do things. Mm-hmm. Maybe, so for me, one of the things is like, I compare it, the severity. This is in the beginning of my, like of my, of my journey of getting healthy. Mm-hmm. I almost said wealthy because well and healthy, which would be lovely. Um, <coughs> if are rich,
1: I'd have your problems. Just kidding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd have different problems. Yeah. Um, um Is comparing it to, you know like okay this is a severe mental health issue it would be on the same level as a broken leg or a broken arm or you know this it's or a dangerous that. game though it, yeah well the, the 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 point that the reason i was doing it was because i needed to rest and validate so i'd be like oh, this would be on the same level as maybe like a x y and z mm-hmm. how would i treat that oh i'd fucking I'd rest. I'd take my vitamins. I, would you know, mm-hmm. that's what I do for that. Okay. Well, if these are similar, then maybe I should give myself permission to, to treat myself well. And so that kind of yeah. like comparison helped me to like, like, it, n- instead of going like, oh well, I have, I have a broken leg. Well, obviously I have to take time off work. But I'm just, I'm just having a flashback. No big deal. I can power <laughs> through that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, like oh, it yeah, was I that do. kind of like. No, 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 yep. no, 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 no. Mental illness is um still, like, it's, like, if you have mental illness, it's still illness. Yep. It's still a part of your body. It's That's one of the things that LMFT there said, yep. that your brain is an organ just like any other part of your body, and mental illness is an illness just like the rest of your body, and it should be treated as show. such. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: if you want to learn more, tune in again next time we are here on... Here it's our turn queers and cults
0: yes if you would like to follow um us if you'd like to listen to the podcast um you can find it on spotify podbean um apple and google and you can follow our instagram it's our turn pod um it's our turn pod on instagram where we post whenever we're what the next when the next show is and when we have a new episode up and then you can email us at it's our turn pod at gmail.com if you would like and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank um, you for you're having We're gonna start being on here regularly. I am. I'm, I'm, so gonna, es- I'm yeah. gonna be yet
1: another host in the It's Our Turn family. I'm so
0: excited. I feel like it's I'm amazing. officially
1: part of the Queers and Colts cults. it's yes. great. I love
0: it. <laughs> you're a part of the Queers and the Colts. Um, you know? the cults of the Queers and the cults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be Tony Emerson and now Annalise. Hi. And and yeah, so it'll be. Um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm also excited to mix it up as well. Yeah. You know, like maybe me take a break and then it's you and Tony. And you oh know, my like God, that. did yeah. you
1: just admit you need a break sometimes?
0: <laughs> Yay! I had to miss two weeks this month of being sick and I'm like that's not mm. like I need to take more breaks so that I don't have to get sick before I take a break that's why come yeah. in baby alright yeah. thank you
1: us, I'll play us out um, on top of spaghetti <laughs> okay oh. well, enjoy Covered these 80 hits <laughs>
0: <laughs> bye we love you bye, bye.